Hi, I'm Michael O'Connell, host of the It's All Journalism podcast. For more than a decade, It's All Journalism has produced a weekly podcast featuring interviews with working journalists, educators, and media thought leaders, all discussing the ever-changing media landscape. We've covered a wide range of topics such as solutions journalism, mental health in the newsroom, local news startups, investigative reporting, online harassment, and new technology. Over the years, It's All Journalism partnerships have played important roles in expanding our reach and ensuring that we are able to continue producing our weekly podcast series. We are currently seeking new partners to help us keep this podcast going. If you believe in It's All Journalism's mission, if you want to see these conversations continue, go to itsalljournalism.com and click on the partnerships link and find out how we can share your company or organization's good work with a wider audience. Maybe we can produce a podcast series for you or host your next webinar. The It's All Journalism team is ready to spotlight your organization's good work and keep these important conversations going. Go to itsalljournalism.com, click on the partnerships link, and let's collaborate. And now, here's our latest episode. We spent so much time talking about the future of journalism on this podcast, so it's vital that we talk to the next generation of journalists occasionally. Angelica Amagashi, Andrew Herbst, and Beatrice Amune are members of the William Patterson University student chapter of the Society of Professional Journalists. Their chapter was recently named SPJ's Chapter of the Year. Welcome to the podcast, Angelica, Andrew, and Beatrice. Thank, Thank you. you. We're happy to be here. Thank you for having us. This is great to be here. Excellent. First things first, I want to make sure that everybody can sort of match up your name with uh, your voice. So first things first, I want each of you to tell me a little about who you are and what got you interested in journalism and what type of journalism career would you like to have? Angelica, let's uh, start with you. My name is Angelica Migashi. I got interested into journalism when I met Professor Hershen. So I took his intro to journalism class and he helped me look at writing from a different perspective and it kind of made me, you know, want to do more of that in a manner that is truthful and, you know, unbiased and very, you know, factual. Yes. Okay. Are you from another country? Are you studying here? Yes, I am from Ghana. I just came to the U.S. for school. Okay, excellent. How about you, Andrew? I've become interested in, in, in journalism from a young age. From when I was growing up, I've always loved writing and sports, and I've always that's, that's always been a passion of mine. I grew up reading papers, like print newspapers, and it's always just been a passion, and I've always wanted to turn that into a career from a young age. It's always been kind of like a dream of mine. I used to be like, I used to wanted to wanted to be like a like a broadcaster, like a t like a news, and then I kind of and then I kind of changed my my dream to be like a print newspaper. Reporter, well, when now, when now online reporter. Okay, was there a particular sport that you were particularly interested in following? I've always loved baseball, so I have a blog on the Mets because I'm a Mets, I'm a huge Mets fan and college basketball, but any sports. But I've always loved baseball in particular. Mm -hmm. What is it you like about baseball? Mm, just like the strategy, I guess, of the game. Just the slower pace, and it's a lot of it's, it's almost like chess, where it's a lot of different moves and a lot of different parts. It's kind of like just a lot of. Just a lot of like movement as far as like um, just, just how to win, just how to score runs, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what the pitcher does. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a cat and mouse game for sure. 
Yeah, it's a lot more complex than a lot of people think. So Beatrice, tell me about yourself. You know, what got you interested in journalism and maybe what type of career you might be interested in? Okay, thank you for the question. My name is Beatrice Amune. I'm from Nigeria. I studied public relations as an undergrad at William Patterson University. And for my master's degree, I studied professional communication. Just like Angelica, my interest in journalism started when I also met um, Dr. Nicholas Hershon, our advisor for the WPSPJ. I am particularly curious or interested in the journalism career because, as we all know, journalists, they act as um, the watchdog of the society to hold government officials um, accountable. And um, they create a historical record of events to document the issues, the evolution of our society. So basically, my interest in journalism stems more from a point of understanding the accountability work that journalists do to hold people and the government accountable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was that something you thought about when you were in Nigeria or is that something that you thought about more when you got to William Patterson? Honestly, while growing up, my interest has always been in broadcast journalism. I wanted to be a TV news anchor, something of that sort. But you know that in life, things happen and um, your career or goals change. So when I came to the United States, I ended up following the lines of public relations. But having a background in journalism has also enhanced my writing skills. And it has helped me even in my career as development and annual givings coordinator here at William Patterson University. Angelica, I don't know if I asked you, what type of career would you be interested in in journalism? Just like Beatrice, I'm also a, I was also a public relations major. So with my diversion into journalism, it's mostly been with Professor Hirshon and his classes and also eventually being president of SPJ. But yeah, I currently am a marketing coordinator. So like I do practice a bit of, well, a lot of writing and speaking and <laughs> my language skills. So yes. Yeah, no, it, I mean, we certainly don't concentrate enough on it in our podcast talking about marketing and PR, but it is a, a part of journalism and and one that's actually kind of very important. You may not think of it when you get inundated with pitches for stories and, and press releases, but <laughs> yeah. actually I rely on, on spokesmen and PR people to mm. make connections and, and provide me with information. Maybe not the only source, but it's important, you know, I guess in the information environment. So Angelica and, and Beatrice, since you both yeah. sort of came from that PR, was your primary interest, was it writing? I mean, is that a skill that you think that you're fairly proficient at? Yes, yes, definitely. My skill has always been writing. I mean, looking at it from a journalistic point of view, I did get like a whole new meaning and a whole new introduction into it because I did realize that the perspective of writing is different. The style of writing is different. Like even how you talk about certain issues is different, but you know, is different from like PR writing and then journalistic writing and then, you know, creative writing and all of that. So yeah, like it really has kind of like expanded my mind and taught me how to adjust my writing for different audiences and different industries and, you know, other things like that. That type of skill will benefit you because you, sometimes you'll find yourself in a position that you didn't anticipate. You have to draw on those, those other elements. How about you, Beatrice? For me, I believe like you journalists always say, the pen is mightier than the sword. So Having a journalism background is very important to me because through my experience here at William Patterson University, I was taught various strategic platforms writing. And like I mentioned earlier, this has been very helpful. It has honed my skills in writing. I wasn't a very good writer and I really can't say I'm there yet, but um, thank God for 
various events and shadowing great writers like Ruth Ross by the WPSPJ. I understand that writing is very important and it's very powerful in executing any campaign or any message that needs to go out there. So again, having a journalism background is very important and is very helpful for me as an individual even and even as a public relations specialist. How about you, Andrew? You say that you, you're interested in sports, you're sort of maybe writing sports. Is there any particular sports writer that you think sort of inspires you? I grew up like reading like the New York Post, ESPN, Mike Lupica from the Daily News, so just different papers. Obviously in the New York area, there's, there's a lot of different papers. So I kind of just grew up reading, the, reading those papers and just kind of wanting to emulate that kind of writing style. Have you had much of an opportunity to do sports writing while you're, while you're in school? I have a couple of, of blogs that I've written. So that, so it's been kind of like my, something that I do, not too much and not too much as a student, no. Angelica, you mentioned that you're the president of SPJ. So how did you get involved in that? And what did you take away from that? Yeah, so I got involved with that through Dr. Heshon, of course. So after I took my intro to journalism class with him, I had to meet with him one-on-one because I needed some clarification on my writing, of course. And after, you know, he took me through the corrections and everything, he was like, yeah, you know, like, I like the way you think, I like the way you write, you know, like I'm very dedicated in my work and all of that. He was like, yeah, I should basically sign up to join the, the organization, go up for office and then see how it goes. And eventually I went through and was good and they offered me treasurer or presidency and I was like, yeah, I don't like handling money. <laughs> so I took the presidency position and I was very nervous, but like Dr. Hessian was very supportive. You know, he was very hands-on. He was like, if you need anything, just let me know. I'm going to walk you through everything. And I was like, okay. Then, you know, we started working together and I basically took over. And yeah, that's just how it all started and ended. So yeah, I handed over to someone else who was also very capable. She was former vice president and now she's also president. So I like the way like the transition is growing because at the end of the day, I realized that with all of us, it all started with Dr. Hirschen. Yes. Okay. So you've each talked about Dr. Hirschen. I know we just started the conversation about SPJ. All three of you were members. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yes, That's right. Okay. Beatrice, what were some of the experiences you guys got to do? or things that you got to do? Oh, that's a very interesting question. So the William Patterson University chapter of SPJ stands out for its impactful event. This event and tours are aimed at inspiring and providing real-life experiences for its members and all WP students. For instance, in October 2022, we visited the United Nations to shadow Kristen Salome, who is um, a reporter for Al Jazeera at the United Nations. And that all led to a member securing a position at Al Jazeera. And this member is Raya um, Ahmad. This chapter also organized a unique long-distance diversity workshop with renowned speakers. We also hosted an insightful investigative journalism panel with contributors from the Athletic Exeus, Inside Edition, and USA Today. In addition to that, our chapter developed a unique long-distance workshop on diversity in journalism on March 29, 2023, in collaboration with the SPJ chapter at Roger Williams University in Bristol, Rhode Island. And this fall alone, WPSPJ has gone on newsroom tours of News 12 New Jersey, CBS News in Manhattan, WHYY Radio, and the Philadelphia Inquirer. 
We shadowed a theater critic named Ruth Ross while she watched a stage performance. We also hosted a movie night featuring the 2003 film titled Shattered Glass, followed by a conversation with former News Republic editor Chuck Lynn. And just two weeks ago, this chapter went on a tour of the MLB Network Studios, all in addition to recording several new episodes of the WPSPJ podcast. So, Andrew, tell me some of these events. Was there any any one that particularly stood out to you as, oh, this is really cool. This is something maybe I didn't know about, or maybe this is something I, I would be more interested in doing. I would say News 12 was really cool, seeing the studio up close and just seeing how seeing how big it is. It's so much bigger than it is on TV. And uh, <laughs> um, just seeing the desk and just the, the, the lights and the screens, and that was really fun. And as I mentioned earlier, I love baseball, so seeing every network – was great. Um, I was like a kid. In a, I, I was like a kid in the candy store. So I got to see all all the different all the different studios. Just just seeing it up close was really cool. After watching it on TV all the time, and yeah, just some of our speakers we, we we've had last year and on Zoom. So all the different events have been really meaningful. Okay. And how about you, Angelica? Yes, my favorite, my personal favorite was um, going to the UN because I've been to the UN several times, but it was the first time I actually got to see the press station and everything. So it was very interesting. We met Kristen Celery, like Beatrice mentioned, and she was so helpful. She mm-hmm. she had us see like a recording that was being made live in the next studio, in the studio next door. So that was very interesting. And then one of our members also wrote an article for tap into wayne yeah yes. last year yeah our current president former vice president rochelle estrada she wrote one for tap into wayne and it was like one of those moments where oh i want to do this i want to do this and then dr hesh was like okay say less <laughs> and then he basically makes our dreams countries like our personal journalistic center <laughs> yes and just to add to what angelica has said somebody like me i'm very big on food sustainability at least looking at the part of the world where I come from, I believe that we need a champion, somebody who can speak for food sustainability, which in a way is in tandem with the United Nations second sustainability goal, which is zero hunger. And visiting the United Nations was a very surreal experience for me, going through all the 17 sustainable development, seeing it and understanding its impact, not just in the United States, but around the world, has further fueled my desire to continue need to be a champion for food sustainability regardless of what career I'm pursuing I continue to strive for food sustainability and thanks to Dr. Hershon and WPSPG for keeping that fire burning through my visit to the United Nations. Would you describe yourself as part-time students or full-time students? Yeah. How did this work? Full-time students yeah we're all full-time students. Yes full-time student but I graduated last May and I currently work with William Patterson University at the Office of Institutional Advancement. Yeah, I also just graduated in May currently, and yeah. I'm still on campus. I'm still in school for about a year, and I'm part-time. Okay, yeah. okay. So you have two alumni here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just wondering, just thinking about, you know, taking on the SBJ as sort of, you know, it's not a class, but it's something that you wanted to do, and you got value out of that experience. So let's talk a little bit about your perspective about news and, and the way journalism is distributed. Each of you, just tell me, where, where do you get most of your news? I would say just like um, a traditional, like cable outlets, like Fox and CNN. And I still have cable at my house, so we still I still watch the regular the regular TV news, but also like the on, online news, digital. So I would say just like from uh, different sources. And I would say for Jersey news, I I do I, I do like News Twelve. That's a very good network as well. 
So just different outlets. Are there many local journalists or many like newspapers, local newspapers in your area? There's the Bergen Record. That's like the main big paper. And we actually went on, to, we went on a tour of them last year, which was really cool back in uh, last February, I think it was. Patch, like like local, a local news swiped Patch. But I would say the Bergen Record is probably the biggest like uh, local paper around, around here. Okay. Angelica, how do you get your news? Where do you get your news from? Oh, yeah. For me, it's primarily social media, um, mostly Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. What type of news are you, are you consuming? What type of news? <laughs> a bit of everything, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> I try not to, you know, just focus on stuff like entertainment and sports, like just a bit of everything. Yeah. It's mostly kind of like current affairs and politics. Yes. How do you interact with that? Do you just like read things you follow certain people do you share a lot do you like retweet stuff yeah i mostly read and then retweet and like and stuff like that like if i do engage with the content that's the most of the that's the most that i do i don't really comment or anything but if i see something interesting i do share it as well yeah mm -hmm. are there any particular news sites that you go to or is it just sort of you're following different people and, and they share something oh, from yeah. a new site you may not even heard of yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow different people and then like whatever they share, like I kind of just keep going all the way down that path. Yeah. So it's not any specific news outlet or, you know, journalist or anything like that. How about you, Beatrice? How do you get your news? Mainly like Angelica from social media, but also I'm a huge fan of news commentators. I listen to various opinion leaders when it comes to news. So, yeah, that's it for me. How are you listening to them? Are you listening to them online? Are you listening to them on TV or radio? I, I listen to them on podcasts. I listen to them on social media, on Instagram. Yeah, so or mainly on podcasts. I mean the opinion leaders that I, I listen to. How did you identify people that you wanted to listen to? How did you identify which podcast that, oh, this sounds like something I would be interested in? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. To be honest, there's a particular opinion leader that I listen to. How I even came across him, I have no idea. But I do <laughs> like his views, and most of them resonate with me. So sometimes it's just random. You know, I, I just go on Spotify, and I just see, okay, a news headline, and I listen. And if I like what I see, I subscribe. Mm -hmm. So... I know there's a lot of concern going on about misinformation, disinformation, people actually putting out information that they know is false for a particular reason. But what do you, each of you do to sort of verify, in a sense, that the source that you're that who's sharing a story or that you, something you see on social media is can be trusted or is it truthful or not? Angelica, do you have a, do you have a strategy for that? Yes, I actually do. First of all, some of the people I follow are renowned people that always put attach the sources of their information on. So it's very easy to track and see if it's been edited in any funny way or if the information is written based on bias and all of that. And then when I also look at multiple sources of information, I don't just like follow one person who is saying all of these things. I try to get it from different sources and see what the common denominator is, like how they're saying it, what exactly they're saying and, you know, the types of nuances that come at all of it. How about you, Andrew? I know you said you watch TV and you want, you've got still got cable, but you do spend some time online. What do you do to to verify? I like a different podcast, so I listen to different podcasts because I like. I just want to get a different viewpoint and perspective. So, so I can talk. I said I try to get I try to get different viewpoints and just look at different outlets and stations and see what see what, see what they're all saying, and then try to just make my own my own thoughts and conclusions from there. Just kind of like I'd say I just try to be as like well rounded as just diverse with my sources. 
do you interact with social media at all? Do you like? Do you share? Do you you know retweet? I try to be a cautious with a cautious with the kind of thing. I don't like. I try not to like too many things. I don't know. I'm always cautious in social media. I of course follow certain people that I like, but I try to make my presence more subtle. So like, I don't like too many things. I, if anything, I like posts that are more like fun and like lighthearted, like um, food posts, but like nothing too controversial. So, so my social media imprint uh, footprint is more isn't like politically based or anything. So I just try to stay away from that kind of thing. How about you, Beatrice? I think you said that you do social media. Do you do a lot of interaction with it? Well, first, let me go back to the first question. How do you verify something that is true? Yeah, for me, again, we go back to the issue of the source and attribution is very important. So if somebody is saying something, if a publication is implying something, who says what? So at the end of the day, everything has to do with attribution. And just like Angelica said, there's a way to verify these things. So verification is very important. And as a student of journalism, I feel like that's the golden rule for every journalism student. So Verification, attribution, who says what is how I'm able to decide if something is genuine or not, especially with the fact that we have a lot of disingenuous people out there today. And also with the invention or the arrival of the AI, it's very easy to misplace a lot of ideas and ideologies and make them look like what it's not. So for me, again, attribution, attribution, attribution. You're each students or your recent students. What do your families and friends think about you becoming a journalist or studying journalism? Andrew, how about you? What do you think? They're all very supportive of me, and they've always been supportive. Do they have a lot of questions about, like, what you're learning or how you do what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, they'll ask me, uh, they'll ask me and then I'll tell them. I mean, I always like telling my parents and my family about what I'm learning in school, and I like to uh, keep them informed and in the loop. So, yeah, it's fun. it's fun for me to kind of share what I've learned. And I always fill them in with SBJ stuff too, what we're doing with, with our, our tours and our events, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How about you, Beatrice? Yes, for me, the idea of truly understanding the news origin, where it's coming from, is something that I try to educate my family about. For instance, if a member of my family comes and is saying, oh, this happened, that happened, my first question is, who said it? So they are beginning to understand the importance of understanding who says what, where it's coming from, and if there's any bias towards such, they are also able to detect it. And with time, they've come to respect the idea of always fact-checking, and you know, which some of them don't do. I mean, and I, and I say this respectfully to every member of my family, but I feel like my influence and impact of having journalism background is also reflecting on how they process news. And they've come to respect it. Yeah, that's something that that I have heard before. And I think everybody has sort of a preconception about what a journalist is based on whatever experience they have. Or, you know, it's not always been the most highly regarded <laughs> profession for a lot of people. Absolutely. But, but you know, I certainly have, have I gone to a, an event with my wife and, and has one of her coworkers asked me what I did and then badgered me for a half hour about... What was wrong with journalism? Yeah, that might have happened. But anyway, (laughs) uh, how about you, Angelica? Do you talk to your friends? Do you talk to your family? Do they they ask you about what you're studying? And what do you tell them about journalism? Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, most of my family has been supportive. I mean, there have been a few people that are like, yeah, you know, 
sometimes journalists lie and they skew the information because everyone is biased. And I'm like, yeah, we're all low-key biased. But like, I mean, that's why we go to school and then every day we try to be better than the day before and all of that. So, I mean, they're excited for the most part about the fact that like I'm doing something different because they know normally I'm not a huge fan of writing. But by me taking the step, they're like, okay, let's see how you like it. I mean, now you're starting to like it. And then, you know, you're learning more, you're writing more, which <laughs> at first was virtually non-existent so they're very interested in how like my growth has been so far and they're basically eager to see how it goes yeah so i know that you've each in different ways have talked about how you've taken these classes and, and you've learned some skills has it changed your perspective about the world at all andrew how about you do you have a thought on that yeah i i think it's just just learning about like how to like adapt to like different cultures the classes that we're taking, it definitely helps you adapt, I guess, your writing style to different audiences. And it's just a good way to learn that, like, how everybody, how everybody views things a certain way and just you kind of have to, like, cater your writing style to certain audiences. Has it made you a better communicator, you think? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, I've learned how to, I've, I've learned how to be, I've learned how to, like, how to write, like, um, how to write, like, good leads and a good headlines and just really be, and just really be engaging and just try to be like, as, like, quick as, as, like, short, as, like, short as possible with, like, I've learned how to I've learned how to be like more like efficient and like um, not have as many long paragraphs. Keep keep everything short and concise. How about you, uh, Beatrice? How has this experience sort of changed your worldview and the way you communicate with others? It's been a very positive mindset when it comes to journalism. For instance, one of the concepts I learned was priming, framing, like understanding this concept and how journalists ask questions or generally how people might lead you on with a question. These are very important concepts that is not only applicable in the field of journalism, even when you are relating with people, you are able to deduce the end goal of the conversation. Mm -hmm. If it's an open-minded conversation or if it is one that is intended to lead you on. In terms of my view of the field of journalism, I have more respect for this field because a recent trip to the Philadelphia Inquirer, I saw a wonderful quote that says, in a free state, there should always be an inquirer asking on behalf of the people. Again, this quote cannot help but overemphasize the importance of journalists in our society, the great work they do and how they help form opinions and um, views in the society. So for me, that has been my experience so far. Has it made you a better listener, you think? Absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, there was a recent research that was carried out by a journalism corporation. And one of the key points was that being a good listener makes your community trust you more. When you listen, when you show interest, they can see that you are really willing to understand them. So it leads to trust for you as a journalist or you as an individual. So yes, it has definitely made me a better listener. I used to work with a journalist, a reporter, and he had this really weird technique when he <laughs> would interview people. He would ask a question and he put the microphone in front of them and he would just kind of stare at them <laughs> and they would just start saying everything that was in their head. So, <laughs> they, they, so they opened up and they said, you know, basically gave him all this other information and mm -hmm. he did it mostly without asking a lot of questions, but it was the way he 
presented himself. And I'm sure some of them were were nervous or, or whatever, because I had somebody who came to me and said, you know, he's a great reporter. He just sits there and he listens to everything you say. Hmm. And then he goes in and he writes it down. So, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Listening is a, a key. People don't think about that a lot, mm-hmm. but listening is like one of our key skills. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah. it should be. It sure is. How about you, Angelica? Has this made you a better communicator, you think? Oh, yes, definitely. Like I was saying earlier, like it really expanded my view of writing because in the beginning I was mostly interested in creative writing. But then I realized that, you know, I was actually good at journalistic writing and it's something that I actually wanted to explore, even if not professionally, just like, you know, for the sake of it, just to see if I can do it because, you know, I just want to know if I can for the sake of it. (laughs) Yeah, to feed my ego. But yeah, I mean, it did help and it kind of made me want to Mm. be like, okay, if I can do this like in class, then definitely I know that I will be able to apply it in different ways. Like outside of class, I wrote a blog and... It was for a PR class, but I did in such a way that Dr. Hessian was like so impressed. And that was my main goal. <laughs> so I was so glad. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, it also made me a very good listener and improved my communications because now I'm asking questions based on the information that is available and based on the situation and not just based on what I personally want to know. And I'm also asking questions based on if I was an audience member listening or watching. What would I want to know? What would I need to know? And now I'm looking at it from, you know, a broader perspective as opposed to me just wanting to know the information for the sake of the fact that I'm a journalist. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the whole process is you, you go listen you go listen to people, you ask questions, <laughs> yeah. you write it down, and then you come back and you write a story. That I mean, can't get simpler than that. <laughs> exactly. Um, this is not rocket science, uh, to, yeah. to be totally honest. You know, I've been in different newsrooms and in different situations where people talk about why they got in, into journalism and a lot of them didn't go to journalism school they just sort of came to it later on that you know i like to write i'm not sure which one of you said it maybe it was angelica that that she wanted to yeah yeah you did say that you would like do more fiction writing or, or something i talked to a lot of people who love to write but you know they didn't necessarily have something in their lives where they could <laughs> they could write the thing i always say is that it's easier for me to write down what people say than having to make up something because <laughs> uh, that's like you know how can you trust me oh, trust me i don't have that big of an imagination to fool <laughs> yeah. you so all i can do is just all i have time to do is just to write down what you yeah. said and, like and analyze recorder, it and follow yeah. up <laughs> well this has been a delight i'm glad we had this opportunity let's see what's a good wrap up question what are your hopes for journalism beatrice what are your hopes for journalism not necessarily you in journalism but you know we're in a place or we're in a time where sort of journalism is in transition what are your hopes well my hopes for journalism is that there will be more trusts for journalists because right now one of the challenges that i believe journalists face is lack of trust like declining public trust And I also know that the next generation of journalists will have to rebuild trust with the public. For me, one of my hope is that this generation is able to do that. And additionally, I also hope that there will be more of diversity in the field of journalism, because right now I believe that's also one of the problems facing the field of journalism, lack of diversity in the newsroom, and which leads to a lack of representation and greater potential for biased coverage. That's something we care about a lot at WPSPJ. Yeah, so... As well you for, should. 
Exactly. For instance, William Patterson University is a majority minority Hispanic serving institution. And the WPSPJ board in 2022-2023 reflects that diversity. For instance, Angelica was our president, like she rightly said earlier. She's from Ghana and her sister as well. And um, our president, who is now the president, Rochelle Estrada, is of a Puerto Rican descent. Our secretary, who is Andrew, you know, respectfully, he has a liberal palsy, but he's a police city chair and then we also have raya our former chair who is from jordan and myself my humble self from nigeria i was the student graduate uh, liaison and i'm from nigeria so i feel like you know more diversity in the newsroom would really help the field of journalism additionally local news even though new jersey is in the shadow of the world's largest media market it has become a news desert in recent years with, with lots of local newspapers shuttering those local newspapers are usually the first jobs for recent college graduates they help hold local government accountable that's why wpspj has invited journalists from local news athletes like tap into and the star ledger to speak on campus so my hope is that there will be no erosion of local news and they will come back in the market so that journalism student or graduate can get job in the future how about you andrew what are your hopes for journalism yeah i would say uh, i would see more diversity as well and i would say and i would say from my own life like as like as I would say, like I have to apologize. So like, so like more journalism of people with disabilities because I, I feel like people with disabilities are ignored. And one of our events that we did for WPSUJ this year was really great. Was with what Allison Lucas. She's the wife of the of the late of the late sports writer Ed Lucas, who was blind, and she talked about Ed, Ed and how he he wanted to advocate for people with disabilities. And I think people with disabilities have a voice to share. And like Ed Lucas, I wish that there could be more and more people because I, I think that. I think people with disabilities have a, have a viewpoint that needs to be shared more, and I just think they need to be give, given more of an opportunity to kind of express their views and kind of show the world what they can do. Yeah, yeah definitely. They're part of the society, the community. They should be able to see themselves representative and have their story told by people who are like them. How about you, Angelica? What are your hopes for journalism? My hopes for journalism are, I think, pretty simple, actually. I just really hope that we can rely on more reliable and credible sources, regardless of our personal feelings and biases and all of that. I just really hope that, you know, as the world progresses every day, we learn something new and that every day we are put in situations where we understand that tolerance and, and respect is the most important part of it. And even if we're covering stories that we're not really interested in or going to places that we don't really want to go, that we're able to look at it from a very open-minded and you know inquisitive perspective that way we're able to learn from the people whose stories we're telling because if we cannot learn from them and we're just looking at it like oh we just need to cover those stories then we might as well not cover those stories you know it's all about being interested and invested i think bg said something earlier like that like being interested and invested to in the stories we're telling in like you said listening listening to people when they tell us their stories because when we listen to them they trust us more and when we listen to them they open up to us more in a manner that is vulnerable because they don't have the voice and they don't have the platforms and as journalists we do have those platforms and we have those those voices obviously social media is there but you know not all of us are comfortable saying some of these things so sometimes we need mouthpieces and i mean that's the whole point of journalism in the first place to be the mouthpiece and to be able to convey stories to the public that would otherwise be, you know, be pushed to the background. So yeah, I really just really hope that 
we're able to progress in a way that we're all able to learn from each other, regardless of the stories we're telling or where we come from. Amen to that. Um, <laughs> certainly, I think you cover the gamut. I think we all have hopes for journalism. I don't have anything to add to that. I think you gave us a lot to think about. You know, good luck to you. I think you came out of this, you know, and I know, Andrew, you're still in school, but just listening to you speak, you can tell that this had an impact in your lives, and hopefully you'll you'll take that and do good with that and maybe change the world in some ways. Yes. yes. We'll be yes. trying our best. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, can I say just one thing that's on my mind? And when it comes to institutional level, I hope that in the future we have more men like Dr. Nicholas Hershon, who is um, our chapter advisor. Yeah. Like he's been a guiding light, a shining light, and a true inspiration. Yeah. You know, just this year, he won the Arnold Spirit Student First Award. And yes. this award is usually given to staff and um, professors who go above and beyond to mm -hmm. support the dreams of William Patterson University students. Mm -hmm. So we all we are very are grateful great. to oh, him yeah. for all the opportunities, all the push, all the support and encouragement that he gives to us. And we hope that one day we will make him proud and, you know, just make the institution proud as well. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Dr. Hershon. He's, <laughs> he's an amazing leader and all he does for us, and he's supportive of all his students and just all he does for our chapter. I mean, he works so hard to... Be, for all these events that he plans and these speakers and we're just lucky to have him yes we're so, we really are lucky we're, we so, are. Thank, we're so thankful yeah. yes this is this best is advisor so sweet. yes yeah, I was and this, make, this I was... thanksgiving this thanksgiving on behalf of the yeah. we, we are we're thankful for him thankful for to dr. Dr. So, so thankful amen yeah, to that yeah. <laughs> yeah we dedicate this thanksgiving to dr Hesher. oh absolutely yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i've had guests on this before who are educators but this is the first time i've really had this perspective that what really kind of the value of a good teacher, it doesn't necessarily mean journalism. That's the thing that affected you. We're all doing the stuff that we can do. And so he definitely has had effect in your lives. Um, he was very proud yes. of you. He was very proud of you when he reached out to us. This is why he, um, he said I should too. talk to you. We're so proud that he's our advisor. Yes. yes. <laughs> I tell everyone I meet about him, like, take Dr. Hesham's class. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks again for coming to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You. Yeah. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who report the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter. To make sure you don't miss an episode of It's All Journalism, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Amazon, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco is our audio producer. Amber Healy writes our web content. Amelia Brust is our booking manager. Steph Thomas manages our social media. Nick Dupre composed our theme music. Carolyn Belefsky designed our logo. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening. I was going to make a joke about uh, oh, yeah. you know, the, the two PR people who were talking up Dr. Hershon <laughs> and that, that Andrew is is probably uh, like he's got a grade. He's trying to trying to get. <laughs> like I don't trust my sources here. Oh, no, 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 no. Trust no, your no, sources. I, We're the most reliable yeah. it gets. <laughs>